Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning, traders. I hope you guys are ready for the best pre-market prep show on out there. Welcome to it. I'm the new host, Money Mitch here. And today's topics, we got the market getting targeted and we'll talk all about retail uh Kohl's uh being mentioned we got a couple earnings to get into smuckers united uh food cracker barrel we'll touch a little bit about that nvax halted right now we talk a little bit also about apple and their conference let's stay tuned we got a lot going on we got a guest sean emery here and of course we'll touch a little bit on ratings towards the end stay tuned we got an action-packed show right here on the number one morning show and hit that like button let's get it started welcome to pre-market prep coming to you live from downtown detroit this is benzinga's pre-market prep with your host joel conan this is a volatile puppy here isn't it and dennis dick i've been the penny i will buy the stock for a penny with everything you need to start your trading day Good morning, traders. Let's go ahead and bring in Joel O'Connor to check out the futures action on out there. What do we got this morning? And oh. it looks like we're ticking a little bit lower, but what do you yeah, see? Yeah, we're there, in the red. Uh, you know, yesterday, you know, when I wrapped up the day, I said, what a week inside day. Just uh, couldn't hold those early morning gains. And what do you know? Couldn't hold the close. Uh, I guess the only good news is, as you can say, is we're still holding the lows from last week. I don't know how long that's going to persist, but uh, we're down 34 and a half handles at 40.86. We have crude in the red by 29 cents at 118.21. Gold perking up. I can't get through 18.75, up 740 at 18.51.10. Silver in the red by just a couple pennies, 22.06. Bitcoin, man. Cannot hold 31 and a half, 32, back under 30, down 2K at, uh, at 29, 435 in Ethereum futures. They're down 115 at 1747. Now, I know you called us the best pre-market show, and I know we're the best financial show, but you know how Kenny, Kenny uh, Glick describes us? How? We're the best thing on the internet. Boom, baby. Let's go ahead and bring the best thing on the internet. My man, Triple D in the house. What's, What's up? up? I'm mad. You're mad? Depressed. Yeah. What? Oilers. You mad, are out. The they Oilers got swept. Are out. They got swept. They got swept. They were up three, they were up 3-1 in the third, then 4-2 in the third, and then Mike Smith happened. Yeah. Hey, you can't deal with Colorado, man. I'm sorry, dude. Colorado, you can't deal with yeah, Colorado, know, really baby. That. Colorado is going to win the cup that team is they, awesome. they've been suffering for a while though too they, 21 they, years since they've been to the finals so it's been yeah, a while so. as long as the while well, the Oilers were in the finals since then because we made it to the finals we lost game seven to carolina there 17 years ago but i mean only one team can win right i keep saying this about sports it's like three percent of people go home happy 97 percent of people go upset because we think 30 teams in the average league there's about, you know, throughout your lifetime, if you live 80 years, you might see one or two championships, unless you're the Yankees or the Red Sox or, you know, the teams that just seem or to Miami find, Heat, find a way to always you know. be there. But it's tough, man. Sports I, are tough. Sometimes I, I, I got something just, for you, Life Dennis. would be easier if you didn't like sports. I heard the 
Oilers and Target have something in common this morning. They're bringing down their sales, baby. You can get some sales today, baby. Well, you can go get yeah, a jersey okay. on the low today. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened here in Target. The market yep. uh, getting targeted once again here. So Target uh, releasing news this morning, and they were out on uh, CNBC this morning. So uh, we got comments also from the CEO also. So here we guys have Target comments. Let me pull them up here. Uh, so Target said that it would be a short-term hit right now on their profits as it cancels orders and markdowns for unwanted merchandise. The CEO, Brian Cornell, said that the big box retailer wants to clear room for the merchandise, including groceries and back-to-school supplies. Target anticipates its operating margin for the second quarter to be around 2%. And he said that we thought it was prudent for us to be decisive, act quickly, Get out in front of this and address and optimize our inventory in the second quarter. Take those actions necessary to remove the excess inventory and set ourselves up to continue to be uh, a guest relevant with our assortment. So uh, move here by uh, Target and definitely taking the slacking. I mean, deja vu. Joel, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve days, twelve trading days after they just warned. They warn again. I don't remember that happening ever. Um, with that being said, this is trying to rectify the problem. So I don't think it's like the first warning where you know we saw down twenty-seven percent. This is not this type of move here going to happen. It is already bouncing nicely right where it should bounce. So going to the Joel Alconan levels, which we yeah. use and have used for 22 years, at least myself, you look oh. at the old lows. 145.51 was the low on May 24th. We found and we were holding that level pretty well. Now we're bouncing out of there. So I actually think in this case, I think the dip does get bought as long as that 145 level holds. So I don't know if I'm coming to 147. I'm, I don't have any position in it here yet. Still, obviously, digesting. I haven't had time to actually read, you know, because it's come out. I've been trading off of it. But I think that level could hold. So 145, it would not surprise me if they actually come in and buy the dip on this one. Not We didn't think they would do it last time, but this time they might. Yeah, well, at right now, I mean, you've, you've nailed the technicals there. We did sneak under 144, uh, and that was just on the last bracket. 143.33 was the exact number. And, you know, the only thing you can do when you get these kind of historical moves is say, okay, do, you ha do I have anything in that area? And you had a low, and this is going back to no, uh, September of 2020, 143.38. So I went, went by it, went through it by a nickel, right? You have that other low. So you have an area. So, one, I, you know, will we go back to the pre-market low? Will we go back under 144? Er, I'm not feeling that right now. I have to agree with you. Um, and on the, if you're looking for more upside here, uh, the high off the rebounds, 148.62. But uh, it's it's the impact on the other stocks, too. I mean, yeah. it's uh, and we know what happened last time with the other stocks. Well, it was going to be a good day for retail. Because, and we can just tie the Kohl's uh, stuff in here uh, a little yeah. bit here as well, is Kohl's is trading up 11%. And I actually thought, okay, well, it's going to be a good day for Macy's, probably Nordstrom, because they move a little bit with Kohl's. Um, so some of the retail stocks are going to be okay. The news last night is that their Wall Street Journal reports that they're getting close to a deal here. So franchise yeah. group, exclusive three-week window. They're talking about a $60 price. We haven't got an official price from anyone yet. But that's yeah. the rumor is that this could have a $60 price tag still on it. They have three weeks to do their due diligence F, uh, franchise group. And Kohl's was rallying off of this last night. But now you get the rug pull. So that knocks Macy's down. And like Macy's, Nordstrom was all trading up last night with the Kohl's. But now with the target rug pull, they're all trading down. But the direct hit, and we'll come back to the Kohl's in a second. And we'll give you your thoughts on that. The direct hit, obviously target. But then that hits Walmart again. That hits Costco again. I think you'll find buy the dip mentality in all these stocks because they've been hit really hard and it's like a second chance. So they were bouncing off the lows and I think you've got money managers thinking, okay, 
I got those lows to lean on. In the case of Walmart, the low would be 117.27. The Costco low is way lower. It's not getting down to the 400 area again. But let's talk about a 50% retracement of the recent move, 406 up to like 491. That's roughly an 85-point move. Let's knock 40 points off of that 491 and get down to like 450. There could be some buyers here in the 450s, and it's kind of already showing up a little bit with Costco. We are stabilizing this 457, 458 area. So I do think you'll find that by the dip mentality in Costco as well. So I don't think this is panic, sell everything here in retail. I actually think that they may turn some of these, not that it's going to go green or anything, but they I don't think they're going to slaughter these stocks today. Right. Uh, you can use the 50% retracements or something like Costco. You could look for a gap fill. But, um, I, you know, I, I, I see the psychology that, that you're talking of here. It's like I, they wanted to buy the dip and they didn't yeah. buy the dip. And now, and now here, here's second another chance. Yeah, here's a second chance. So, um, you know, Costco, you, you know, had the nice run up. You mentioned the 50% retracement. I just noticed Macy's here. And there's some man, this 2430, uh, 2340 guy or gal, I mean, they ain't moving. I mean, I know we're 17 cents above it, but man, that's way, way above the gap. And so that's kind of holding in there. Uh, we did uh, Walmart. Uh, you can see, you know, it had a nice move, 117 to 130. So that's 13. So that's six and a half, that's 123. I mean, you're below that. 120 could be a good number there. Uh, but you want them to come in early. I mean, and and if, you know, if you're coming in early off the open, you know, and you get that pop and it keeps going fine. But if you come in off the open and you go up like 50 cents in these stocks and then you come back down through the open, you just got to get the hell out of the way. You got to lean on the levels. So yep. target, the level you're leaning on is at 145.51 low. It starts taking out 145, going 144, 143. It's like, okay, I'm wrong. I'll admit I'm wrong. I'm going to take my losses. That's all trading is, is risk reward. We keep saying it. Mm-hmm. And this is what, you know, too many newer traders look at how much money they can make and don't start the trade with how much money they can lose. I start the trade with the risk and then build the return from there, especially when I'm swing trading or even long-term investing. You've got to look at, you know, what am I willing to lose on this and then build it from there. But if you just come in thinking, oh, I'm going to make some money here, I'm just going to buy and you don't have a plan. You've got to have a plan for when the trade goes bad because nobody is perfect. Everybody is going to make bad trades. It is going to happen. You have to admit when you're wrong and have the discipline to take those losers. Let's go back to Kohl's though, Mitch. Um, We're talking retail here right now. Um, I got, you know, I had a feeling here because obviously where there's this much smoke, I almost feel like there has to be some fire. We've been hearing about this Kohl's forever. It's come down to a reasonable valuation. And then you got the wild card of the potential, you know, takeover here. So I actually added to my Kohl's position yesterday morning. I I tweeted it out yesterday morning. Yeah, I tweeted out yesterday morning. I bought more Kohl's in my long-term account. That's what I tweeted about 10 10 a.m. yesterday. I said, I think a deal gets done, but even if it doesn't, there's decent value here. So I was like looking at it. I'm like, if they pull this rug out from under this, there might be three, four bucks of upside, but you got to look at what Macy's has done. You've got to look at, you know, what Nordstrom's have done. Those stocks have bounced back significantly here. And Kohl's hasn't. And obviously Kohl's was the first to kind of report a little bit of disappointment on their earnings. But the wild card here is Macy's, Kohl's, Nordstrom's are all similar businesses here. And Kohl's has that wild card. We've been talking about people or companies being interested in buying this. So I'd like, I don't mind it at the 41 valuation with a 4.8% dividend. And I'd like the idea that maybe, you know, we're going to get a 55 or a 60 takeout. So here's the story. We, we kind of just talked about it briefly is that did come out last night, Wall Street Journal saying that they are an exclusive talks to be acquired by the franchise group. There's a three-week negotiation window. They're talking about an $8 billion valuation, which would be up at $60. That could happen. Um, the question is, they pull the rug now. Now, you know, it's hard to come in and buy it up five bucks because we've seen the rug pulled on this so many times. Like, I like the setup yesterday when it's sitting around 40 41 Now it's 46 So you're like, okay, 
I just bought stock. I'm up already. It actually went up from where I bought it. And he got a 50 cent dividend overnight. It went ex dividend. Nice. Actually. Nice. So, which is a little play. bonus there, another 1%. But I'm up like 14% on the shares I bought yesterday morning that I tweeted Not about. Bad. So, so you kind of think bird in the hand. Do you sell? Like I had a few shares coming. I had bought it at 47, which was way too early. Um, I kind of more than doubled down at the 41. I brought my cost basis down to 43 bucks. Um, so I'm up in the overall position here now. Uh, but I still think that there's still the potential for a 55 to 60 takeout price. This thing gets up to 52, 53, then you'd be like, okay, it's close enough. And, you know, I don't want to be caught in a rug pull, but there's like still, you know, potential 13, 14 points upside here and about probably 10 down if the deal doesn't happen. So it's not as nice as it was at 41, but it's still kind of attractive at this point. So I don't know if I'm going to stand pat or if I'm going to sell half of the shares that I, uh, that I bought yesterday just to lock in some profits. I haven't decided that yet, but um, obviously, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was good that I, you know, what I, I scares me a yesterday. little bit, I mean, is boy, the, the, the street is really cautious on this one. And I don't know if they're just, uh, you know, if they're just, you know, caught buried under the Twitter deal. Yes. Or they're, That's exactly they, it, Joel. You, Nail yeah. on head. Yeah, the street is very cautious with deals right now. Yeah. And they're very, yeah. the risk garbs have been burned multiple yeah. times okay. we've seen some deals fall apart we've seen some rumors that didn't materialize we've seen the twitter arbs buying up to 50 dollars and then getting the rug pulled on them too the risk okay. arbs are cautious right now and it's giving you opportunities yep the opportunities okay. is yesterday or any time when Coles was below 40 dollars because or that new york post when it fell down to 37 dollars on that new york post article that they were they were gonna you know abandon basically the auction process here the reason they were abandoning it was because they had two winners <laughs> two people who were two people who were willing to pay for it, but um, I think you're right, Joel. And I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted no, that's to, okay. you know, just to you know give you that props because I think you're right. I think the risk arbs are very cautious on deals right now, and they're looking at this and saying, "Well, it's still just a rumor." And if the due diligence doesn't work out, then they're going to pull the rug out, and this thing's going to be under forty dollars. But the big difference between Coles and what I see in Twitter is that you got a dividend. You've got valuation. I don't think like you can say, oh, if we're going to a recession, all these things are going to suffer. And that's absolutely true. But the reason that I was buying Kohl's yesterday was that I've seen the move in Macy's. I've seen the move in Nordstrom. I don't think it's as bad in apparel retail as, you know, Target maybe makes us to believe. Obviously, Target does sell a lot of things, other things as well. So I was just feeling comfortable at that valuation to be long Kohl's even if the deal does get pulled. I mean, if the Twitter deal gets pulled, the stock's probably under $25. Yeah. If the Kohl's deal gets pulled <laughs> at 41, I saw it going down maybe four or five bucks. So the risk yeah, reward's no. set up better there. So always set it up risk reward. You know, Twitter, it's 15 up, 15 down. That's why the risk guard's got a coin flip. But when the Kohl's is 41, five down, 18 up, I like that risk reward. As it goes higher, you know, it gets up to 48, 49. Now it starts to get more even money. And that's maybe where you want to take some profits. And I think yeah. what is so also just before we move on is just the market environment, you know, the the arbs and just also the market environment right now, right? Just you know, with uh, you know the trepidation over the the CPI. I mean, it's just you know we're not we're not in Kansas anymore, as as Carmen would say. So I think that that's another reason if you're pay, if you're trading this on a pure technical basis, you don't know what the news is going to come out. You have. You have leaked two bucks off that um off that uh that spike forty eight forty four um there's a couple is there oh I like that I like when uh my pre market high coincides with the daily highs so um if you are looking for the follow through uh, you know be mentioned again in other media outlets just be aware that that pre market high that boom that's right there with a the pair of highs from the middle mid May of course it's a deal so when there's a deal there's a deal. And, Technicals are not as important as fundamentals, but um, just keep an eye on that 48 and a half for me. All right. So now we'll get back on, on the topics. <laughs> we I got you, dude. There's nothing minutes. wrong. We, we, we touched the. Mitch has got topic. that fishing pole. He's like, yeah. I mean, I got no problem. You guys gave great rant. information there. I mean, there was great information there. And also, one thing that I would point out on that Coles move is if you look at it today, it already pulled back to that 61.8 fib. Um, the 50% retracement is around 45.36. So I'll be looking for around that level to see if we get some holding up. 
towards the bell. Um, let's go ahead. Let's move forward. Let's talk. Let, let's just transition. You guys already touched it a little bit about Twitter. So did you guys see the Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson launching Twitter bot probe after Musk's public complaints? Uh, he said inve- investigating Twitter for possible deceptive practices when it comes to bots. I know Joel's shaking in his pants over here. Uh, Paxson <laughs> he probe follows. Bots. And there's, there's a few. <laughs> Yeah, he, the, the, the probe follows to do uh, his due diligence here. I just Elon don't know, like... Elon complaining uh, yesterday and about fake spam bots and that he's not getting the data from Twitter that they should be giving him. Um, what are you guys thinking? Uh, I'm thinking, doesn't this Texas Attorney General have anything else to do? <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. I mean, let's come be on. Honest. But yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That that Good that's point. a first priority here. I mean, come on. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know how I think on the Twitter bots. And and just for clarification, um, yesterday, I didn't say that women aren't good traders. Okay. I just said that the people that are contacting me that are women may be fake. So I just wanted to get that, uh, get that clarified. Uh, yeah, Twitter. Yeah. yeah. We never took it that way. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. th- th- this is this is something they do. They do. They make these fake accounts. They put a pretty girl there, and they try to like you know. Yeah, like... they, they they do this a lot in the NFT world. So don't worry. Yeah, at it's least everywhere. you don't have to deal with it's that. Everywhere. It's everywhere. Social. I don't media. know what you do with this Twitter. I mean, it's such a you know you're subject to with the muskness and and now this. I mean, the muskness. That's a verb. Yeah, a new I, verb uh... you just created right now. The muskness. <laughs> I, I really the I, muskness. Here, here uh, He's getting it's Joel. It's it's fifteen up, fifteen down. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, if it goes to courts and they make them swallow it at fifty four twenty, you got fifteen points up. If they gets out, weasels his way out of this deal, and that's what it would be, because um, he has buyer's remorse. Let's call it for what it is. He's trying to get out of this deal. He knows that it's not worth it. We talked about this yesterday. Um, I think the stock's under twenty five dollars. So forget about the thirty six. Forget about the thirty seven where it was prior to the deal. We've seen Snapchat get killed since then. I mean, Snapchat, we talked about this yesterday, for 37 down to 14 here now in the same time span. So don't kid yourself. This deal gets pulled. Twitter's going under 25 bucks. So 15 up, 15 down. The risk, herbs are saying coin flip territory. So I don't think there's, you know, an edge here. They've got it priced right right now. I think, you know, Twitter uh, and Elon, he got some good advisement by his lawyers. He said, do you, we need to find it out. How do we find oh, it yeah. out? We can find it out if they're being deceptive in their practice of reporting subscriptions, right? I mean, if that's what comes out here, I mean, yeah, who knows? That that might be itself the the reason why Elon is able to see the door, right? And so he's trying. He's trying to at least get, if not an out, get a price reduction in it. Yeah. He knows Definitely. right now. He everybody in the whole world knows he overpaid. They knew he was overpaying then, but he just got too excited and too quick <laughs> and didn't do his due diligence, you know. And nice. now all of a sudden he's got buyer's remorse. There's no doubt he's got buyer's remorse, and he's trying to find a way out of the deal, especially without paying the billion dollars or what is, was it one billion, one billion dollars? But I mean, I don't <laughs> know. If it goes to courts, he might get. He might have to swallow it. There's a possibility this deal could still get done at fifty-four twenty. It's not off the table. I think it's higher, more likely that it gets just done at a lower price. 40, yeah. But there's also a possibility he gets out of it, and this thing just gets hammered. So every headline that breaks is more information leaning towards a deal or leaning away from a deal. And that's all this is trading off of. You can't trade it technically. You can only trade it off the next headline. Yeah, uh, it looks like the FOMO got to Elon and uh, looks like he's finding out all about FOMO. Uh, So we'll see what happens there. Let's go ahead. Let's transition on over here. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about NVAX here. Um, They're halted right now. I mean, we could take a look (laughs) at why here, but uh, they're definitely struggling right now. Um, NVAX is down 20% following a brief comment. Uh, issued by the FDA on its COVID-19 vaccine for the upcoming vaccine-related biological product advisory committee meeting that should be going on today. Um, We'll definitely watch to see what happens if the drug maker's approval application for its COVID-19 vaccine goes through. So it's going to be halted probably for the majority of the day. We're halted right at the closing price, 47.54. 
I mean, this has been the <laughs> longest saga <laughs> to try to get approval for a vaccine that I've ever seen. They've completely dropped the ball. Where Moderna and Pfizer, BioNTech ran with the ball here, Novavax completely dropped the ball. I mean, we're like two years into this pandemic, and people are not getting as many shots now, the boosters and stuff. Like it was rah, rah, get the boosters. And now you're seeing, you know, a lot of people saying they're not getting another booster. So they're going to eventually get this drug approved and nobody's going to want it anyways. So I think there's way better places for your money. I think if it does get approved, it gets a pop. I think that pop is to be sold. If it obviously doesn't get approved, it's going to drop again. But the dreams of this going back to $331 are long gone. Even if this gets approved, I just don't think the demand is going to be there for it. They needed this drug approved a year and a half ago when Moderna got approved. I mean, here Moderna, you know, which has, you know, obviously, you know, even got flu vaccines, it got other, some other stuff they're working on here has come off significantly from the highs. So I have no idea why Novavax holds up as well as it does, considering that Moderna hasn't even held up and they didn't drop the ball at all. So I'd much rather own Moderna than Novavax, but I don't know if I want to own any of them because I just think that people aren't going to be getting as many COVID shots in the future. You want to hear some good news? Yes, I do. Give me good news. It's a bad if news you, day with the Oilers, so give me good news. If um, if you got the smallpox vaccine, you are like have an 85% probability of uh, being protected against monkeypox. Now, I think they don't stopped. all get smallpox vaccines, isn't that? Like- no, they stopped giving them. They stopped oh, really? Them of, yeah. I thought yeah. you had to get that. Yeah. I don't even know if I don't even know if I had it. I probably would have had it. It stopped at 72. It stopped at 72. Yeah, I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's just say yeah. I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I that's feel one like thing. I got my smallpox vaccine. That's for you. Yeah. You were born in 72? Why. No, but they, they haven't given it out since then, or it's optional? I think they stopped since ni- in 1972. And I haven't gotten the chicken pox. I don't want to get yeah. the monkey pox. Anyways. Well, then I didn't, I, I guess. I don't know. They give you all these vaccines when you're like, it was six months, then you get one of two years old and four years old. I was like, I don't know what You I would got. think they would have included it, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought they'd throw that in there. You know I what? They Pfizer's so holding not up. Protected. I'm just going to talk about Pfizer because I own it. Yeah, I own it, it for like 43, 42, 43, and that, that's holding up well. I mean, um, of course, a much more diversified company. Never a big fan of, uh, you know, no, I mean, to me, this is just like, what's going to happen if it doesn't get approved? I mean, I that, I, I have no idea. I That just, just such a bad situation to be in after – the pandemic. I, I don't know. I wonder well, why I don't want to own this. Even if it, it gets approved, Joel, I, I think the demand's not going to be there for it. So I, I think they're two years too late. I know. So even if it pops, and I do think if it gets approved, it's going to get a pop. But I think you got to sell that pop. I think it gets a pop to like maybe 60 or 65. It gets approved. And then the sellers just come in and swarm them again. And we look at it a month later, it's back down to 40. Yeah. I absolutely do not like Novavax. But, you know, people are going to say if it gets a pop, like, oh, Denny, you said you didn't like it at 47. We don't, it's halted right now. So we don't know where it's going to come out of the halts. What I'm saying is that if it pops, I would be a seller of that pop. All right. Let's go. No ahead. position. Let's- We'll transition on out of the healthcare industry here. Let's go uh, towards let's let's talk a little bit about what Apple had. Um, we can go into the earnings probably after Sean here. Um, there's some earnings on out there. United Natural Foods. We'll get into some of those. But Apple unveiled a new MacBook Airs, new Pro, uh, pay later service, and oh, messaging no. edit. I think the pay later service is what interested me. Um, I, yep. We definitely saw a firm and Square taking a hit off yep. of this. Um, so definitely you guys are seeing them get hit here. And uh, Apple stepping into the pay later service right here. And and a lot of that's going to probably take a lot. Like, you know, there's so many things that are, are purchased through Apple. I mean, th- this is going to be probably the next uh, kind of phase going into this. And you could see other players step up here too. So... Uh, firm you never want tough. to compete with Apple. So this is yeah. scary for a firm. It got hit yesterday and just fully so. I mean, it was $26. It closed to 23 It's down here again today at 22 I don't know where a firm I, does it fit in. Is it, is it, you know, has it got a business here? Probably. Um, I don't know where, but when it doesn't make money and, you know, now you got to compete with Apple, there's a lot of re- scare reasons that this thing could, 
just go right back down to the lows. And now maybe it bounces, you know, maybe it finds a home here. Maybe it's sold off enough. I mean, it was $176 and it's 22 bucks here now. But I would say at this point in time, it, it's scary to say, but a firm is kind of just speculative now. Um, you know, it could be a zero. I don't think it's a zero. I think there's something there, but it's not off the table. So you just have to be careful and you're buying and saying, well, how low can it go? It could go to zero. I don't think that's the case. People are going to, there's going to be three tweets on me right now saying you're an idiot, Dennis. There's no way a firm zero. I'm saying the possibility is there. Apple is not going to zero. I know that. A firm is still not making money, burning cash. Now they got Apple competing with them. There's a lot of problems here, but they are growing. You know, there's still, you know, the potential this could turn it around. So I think I'm just out. I don't have an opinion on it at this point in time because I don't know, you know, at what point, you know, that, you know, it's hard to come in and value stocks that are burning so much cash. This market just does not like those stocks right now. It, uh, it, you're getting back about half of the move is a 2250 area. If you're looking to me, uh, it would be interesting to see if it goes back down and, uh, fills the gap from earnings. So there's a gap between 2121 and 1937. So I'd be a, a, a firm buyer <laughs> of ah. a firm at, at 1940. Um, in that area, a well, let's of say you buy at 1940. At where do you get out then? So you say a like 19, 19, 20. You know, twenty dollars. Uh, I see the level you're looking at. Let's say you yeah. come in. What's your contingency plan? The low of the move, thirteen sixty four. I go I'd go. I'd go up. Uh, low close. I mean, for today, if it got down there, no, I it's would not only... getting there today. Okay, um, I'd go for the low close there. of the move, eighteen oh four. That's what you know. Maybe a little bit under that, a buck and a half, seventeen fifty. And not write it out down to thirteen sixty four, uh. But well, you know, it got hit yesterday and getting filed through today. I, I mean, all things considered, I think it, I think it's holding up pretty well. Um, and then the other one that I own and probably you know own for the it's rest of my life. Twenty three dollars one hundred and seventy six, not holding up that well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, MQ uh, must be a little different model because that held up uh, okay yesterday. I don't so. follow that company at all. Yep. Um, that's a Sean. That's a Sean pick, right? That's a Sean call. It's yep. done well. Let's come back nicely. Let's come back. Yeah, this depends when you bought it. Uh, S and P's uh, leaking towards the low of the sessions here. Uh, Forty seventy eight. We're down thirty nine and a quarter handles. So no, no bounce yet here. Uh, we're yeah. about a little less than an hour before the open. Yeah, starting to crack that W bottom that I remember Chaykin was talking about a little while back. Um, so we're really starting to crack that W, looking for some downside action. We'll see what uh, happens. Let's go to the overall market for two minutes. Yeah, let's do that. I'm for really at the crossroads here. I think I'm still sticking with what I said yesterday. Is I think we're gonna be really choppy until we get Friday's CPI data, and if it comes in light, they're gonna rip it higher. And if it comes in at the bar or higher, they're going to hammer it. So I think we still chop around. I mean, Target's obviously putting pressure on the market here this morning, but like I already said, I think the Target didn't like it bought. So not surprise me if we come in. This 406, 407 on SPY, Joel, it's been bought there before. We're only, you know, 12 points away from that level there. I think, you know, we could find buyers there again. I don't think this day they're just going to hammer it. Because if you were a short, you don't want to be coming and building, you know, huge short positions ahead of the CPI data, do you? And if you're long, do you really want to be coming in? Ah, buying stocks, buying stocks. We're going higher ahead of the CPI data. I think you're just kind of jockeying for position and probably hedging up. So that's why I don't think you're going to have any extreme moves here until Friday. And that's what, you know, yesterday, you know, you just kind of, well, you know, whether your basis, the spider or the S&P, uh, you know, you kind of, kind of been in a trading range. I know last week was choppy. Uh, we wrote, you know, we broke the seven day, seven week uh, losing. Uh, well, we we were down seven weeks and had a winning week, and then you know the bad Friday. Uh, but you just gotta hang in here. You know, you had a double bottom uh, from uh, Wednesday and Thursday of last week, and I'm trying to be bullish above here. So uh, if it what you know, we kind of had the week close yesterday, so not you know not surprised to have a little bit of follow through on the downside, and then you know with the target news, you know they're not they're not going to rip the futures higher. Um, on that target news. So I'm going with you, you know, on the trading range here. Uh, the, I mean, if you're short in the, in the 4070 handle, this 4078, 
I mean, I think there's going to be bids 4071, 4072. So I kind of feel in the same way here and um, see if we can bounce back into the uh, the 4100 handle. I mean, it's a it's a simple reaction from the weekday yesterday. And then, you know, you get that news out of Target. Um, just- yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. For me on the SPY, 416, we got to get above that. We keep fighting when we get up there. I see three highs in that area. And I feel like if we break through 410s today, watch out. But that's just my levels that I'll be watching. Like always, guys, determine your own levels and determine your own risks. Let's go ahead. Let's get into our guest of the day. We got Sean Emery here. Let's go ahead and bring him on. Sean Emery is the founder and CIO of Avery & Company. Welcome to the show, Sean. What's going on, guys? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, let's go ahead. Let's Sean, get into you? it. All right, oh, good. Now. It's been a been a little bit. Yeah, it's nice to have you back. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you've been seeing. I want to get your thoughts here because I'm kind of wishy washy. I'm waiting for the Friday <laughs> CPI data here. You know, we've had the, the serious sell off in basically April and in the first part of May. Now we've had the bounce. What are your thoughts here? You know, going forward here. You know, just talk. You know, the overall markets. Then we can get into some individual stocks. Yeah, I agree. I can't imagine anyone tries to jump in hand over fist um, before the CPI print. I think everyone's focused on that. Um, uh, again, I think over the last several months, again, everyone's trying to understand whether you know there's peak inflation and what that ultimately means for uh, uh, the Fed in terms of their reaction to it. Um, so it's been kind of, you know, the Russian invasion added a little bit more uh, sustainability to some of the inflation numbers. Um, and, and then you have some of the inventory challenges that, again, we saw this morning from, from Target. Uh, we had a webcast yesterday, not to promote it, but it, uh, in a sense, and highlighting kind of all the inventory glut that's out there. And so today's news, or specifically like a couple of weeks ago when Target uh, reported and first put out their guidance, the inventory challenges isn't necessarily a shocker, um, but it, it is a signal for potentially uh, more companies to do the same. But again, for us, uh, again, we're staying put. I mean, we, we, we from uh, what we do, again, is try to own good businesses and, and try to ride these waves. Uh, and make it through uh, using uh, the business as kind of that durability. But uh, big picture, I think, again, we have to get through much of this inflation story where everyone is convinced that inflation has uh, actually peaked and, and is really showing a sign of sliding down. Yeah, so one let's, of the jump, things- let's jump into a couple of those good businesses. I mean, we've had a significant sell-off. People ask me every day, what are you buying? What are you buying? What are you buying? <laughs> I want to ask you, Sean, what are you buying? Well, more of the same. I mean, more of the stuff that we've we we owned. Um, I mean, we're probably full boat now in terms of uh, all the investments that we uh, like. Uh, again, we invest with conviction, so we have kind of ten, fifteen names in our portfolio, uh, and continuing to cycle through those. I mean, uh, again, highlighting, you know, there's really two things you can do in this environment. Is well, there's three things, right? You could you could hold cash, and again, if inflation's running at seven eight percent. Then obviously there's that cost of capital there, but then you have the ability to obviously put cash to work 
in some of these companies, I mean, you look across the board, there's really high quality businesses that are well positioned for the future um, that are trading somewhere in the teens um, uh, multiples. And then some of the much more high growth companies that are trading, uh, you know, generating free cash flow, but also trading in levels that we think are, are comfortable um, and putting it to, to work in some of those. Now, uh, on the flip side of that, you can rotate inside of your portfolio and some of the stuff that hasn't got beat up as much, you can take some of that cap capital and move it into uh, cheaper names. So using uh, less cheap names for more cheap names, I think is how you can improve. Look, we have a long list. You know, you have the squares that we eventually got back into or block. Uh, I still call it square. Um, I square too. Yeah, yeah. So we um, that that's one of the names that that we continue to uh, like. Uh, again, we did have that moment uh, back in 2021. Probably one of our, our better moves, which was actually uh, selling it when it got into those 200 levels. Um, and we've been big bulls there. Again, it, we weren't perfect in everything else, but things like Zoom and some others where over the last several months to six months, we've been uh, 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 happy about uh, investing uh, in the long term of those businesses. You think there's some value there? Like Square, here's where I start. I'd love to get back in Square too, but then I look at the multiple and I see it trading, you know. 55 times or whatever is it going to grow into that multiple like are we going to eventually look at square and say wait why don't we pick it up at 83 dollars when this thing is pounding out you know three four bucks a share can they do that yeah so so again here's a company you have to understand i think the investment that they're making into their business and the return on that investment to really uh understand why uh you have a suppressed margin and an elevated multiple at just glance right at a point in time yeah. Um, and today, you know, they highlighted on their investor day a couple of weeks ago, uh, really around one, the profitability of those two, those two businesses, which is cash app and square seller. Um, so that's number one, uh, square seller has like a 33% margin on a standalone basis. Cash app right now is running six to 10% margins on a standalone basis. Big, uh, the, the bigger story there is the return on, on their ad spend, um, to drive obviously new revenue into the business is cash app is generating 6x the returns um, in three years on every dollar they put into that ecosystem. And uh, Square Seller is about half of that. Um, they return their dollar back in less than a year. Um, so again, it's super important, I think, to think about that. So as they suppress margins to continue to grow their business, uh, ensuring that that business is putting that capital to work in, a, in an efficient way. Um, and those are the metrics, I think, that signal that they're doing so. Um, there's Afterpay and, and some of the other uh, adjacent ecosystems that they have now uh, that I think help them uh, well or position them well for the future. So, so let's talk Apple a little bit here. They had their you know their uh, their forum and you know it's just kind of we were looking at the chart yesterday and maybe this is part of the reason you know the market didn't have the file through. It just looks kind of tired. Uh, you know, let's talk about their announcements yesterday and uh, what did you find uh, most interesting. Yeah, so so we're not investors in Apple, but we're big believers in Apple. Uh, we were for, I mean, I think uh, everybody uh, that's ever invested has probably invested in Apple at one point in their lives. Um, and I guess yesterday, the developer conference, it's an important day, right? You get to understand kind of the future. Obviously, they control operating systems, right? So anything they say is pretty important. Um, and they really had two different uh, announcements. They had a lot of announcements, but I think one is like the coolest announcement, I guess, that they had. And then one is probably the most meaningful and the coolest, I'd say, was their functionality around a webcam, a wireless webcam. They called it, a, I think, continuity camera, uh, which is really just using your iPhone as a, as a camera. But again, wireless. Um, it also had a desk view type of functionality where you could actually see what's happening on your desk uh, at, at the same time. So think of, you know, you, you go on Instagram and you watch all those uh, people cooking food. Uh, and they have like a camera on the ceiling and a camera in front of them and, and all these different uh, uh, cameras that are at work. And they're trying to make that experience a little bit more seamless. So it was a cool function. Uh, it's funny because it seems like it's a little late, right? I mean, we're, what, three years, uh, two and a half years removed from kind of like the peak of uh, webcams. Um, and the second one was CarPlay, Apple CarPlay. Uh, I think everyone's been uh, trying to understand what the move for Apple is in, in, in the car. And uh, again, from software perspective, what they're doing is bringing CarPlay to touch most of the, the displays in a car. So think of uh, your speedometer. Um, and some of the other cool tools. And, and if you actually looked at the uh, UI, uh, the, the user experience or user interface that they highlighted yesterday, I mean, it's definitely much better than kind of the car that I drive today. Um, and you can just see how that could ripple across 
uh, different car ecosystems um, and become a operating system. So I think that's the play, I guess, from the hardware side, everyone's still kind of sitting on their toes or standing on their toes trying to figure out, uh, are they going to move uh, directly as a competitor to car companies as opposed to just an operating system? Um, so those right, are really was... the two plays. Okay. There, I mean, it wasn't a, a, a real great uh, earnings season. Uh, I mean, I guess it was kind of mixed, but uh, you, you, uh, you're you interested in uh, in Zoom here and uh, the strength in the enterprise. Now, it had the earnings pop, uh, kind of just uh, holding in here here. Do you think uh, – the, you know, you think you've seen a long-term bottom here in Zoom, and uh, what did you like about the report? Yeah, um, right. So the big picture on Zoom is they have to grow their product portfolio. Uh, we know Zoom meetings; that was the initial land. Uh, everybody landed on it, free or paid. Um, and big picture, they have to expand that product portfolio to be a durable, sustainable business. The more products they land into uh, customers, I think the stickier that product becomes. Uh, the easier it is to sell into an, uh, an existing business. That's the important part about uh, the future of Zoom. Uh, in, in addition, moving into bigger businesses, so enterprises. So those were the two key takeaways. I think uh, this earnings call was really around their ability to land enterprise customers. Enterprise revenue was up 33%. 30 or 3,000 customers are, are now spending $100,000 over the last 12 months. Um, so that's a big number. And then the Zoom phone Zoom Contact Center, they announced some big wins there that I think, again, is an early signal. They have $6 billion of cash on their balance sheet, more cash on their balance sheet relative to their market cap than Apple, who we just spoke about. But um, that gives them, it puts them in a pretty strategic spot, I think, from a uh, acquiring standpoint um, to acquire tools to, again, bolster that ecosystem. Um, so again, uh, we believe from a valuation to opportunity, this isn't a 350% uh, grower. Uh, clearly, they they brought in a lot of growth a couple of years ago, but they're still growing, which is kind of fascinating. They probably had the hardest comps in the world. Um, so that's kind of the general uh, takeaway from uh, this earnings call and, and the company in general. All right. Another one you haven't mentioned to us before. Uh, it had a good day, a good couple of days yesterday. Uh, what, do, Duolingo? Uh, tell us about that. A new IPO, 200 down to 60. Uh, back up. Uh, what's your thesis on this one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the language learning app. So we've had um, plenty of uh, uh, conversations that we've put out there with like the CFO and such. Um, this is a fascinating company. I mean, here's a, a language learning app, um, free to paid. Um, and, you know, they have close to 50 million users on this platform. They have more users on, lang on, on their platform learning language uh, than all of the public schools combined in the U.S. It's pretty fascinating to think that. Um, this is a company, you know, when you think of consumer apps, usually there's a high spend on marketing to, to acquire customers. They spend more on R&D than marketing, uh, which shows the viral kind of nature of their business and their, and their uh, brand. Um, they're one of the, the, the strongest uh, TikTok uh, accounts out there. Um, they do a really good job there, and they, they highlight that they spend essentially $0 on that. Um, and so you have a really, really efficient business. They're 80% of all downloads that we track in terms of language learning. They're moving into math. They have uh, a Duolingo ABCs. I recommend trying it out, uh, become a user. I mean, they're moving from free to paid. 6.8% of their users are now paid um, uh, users. So they kind of believe a uh, big picture. Where will they land in terms of free to paid? Somewhere like a Spotify or a match group or something like that, where you have like those really uh, uh, big uh, loyal users that want to remove ads and, and increase the functionality. And, and we think uh, ultimately that is the direction they're, they're, they're headed. Um, and that's kind of the general thesis there on, on a Duolingo. And, and they had a fantastic quarter uh, this past uh, earnings report. All right, guys, we're on the line here with Sean Emery, founder and CIO of Avery Company. I just want to ask you a little bit about Meta here. I did see you guys put out some uh, kind of report. I saw it on LinkedIn about fitness continuing being a large use case for the Oculus. Can you tell us a little bit more about this and how fitness has been being used right now in AR and VR? Yeah, I mean, you can see my, my Oculus right here. Um, hey, I see <laughs> you playing. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, the, uh, you know, I think... Um, you know, their core, they have a core business, right? Obviously, we all know the core business and, and Facebook and, and Instagram and WhatsApp and, and everything along that uh, spectrum. And then, and then you have the Oculus side, which is really around the metaverse, right? And, and the metaverse kind of has a, 
you know, in some in some worlds, it's a it's a positive connotation, and some it's it's much more kind of like a too futuristic. Um, the reality, I think, there's a lot of utility and functionality for commercial uh, enterprises, whether it's like 3D rendering and kind of looking at a an airplane in a, in virtual reality to try to uh, understand should we build this airplane first, um, and that that those are kind of like use cases now um, specific to the fitness side. You know, one of their biggest applications. Is around fitness so they actually own uh supernatural they own beat saber they've actually acquired a bunch of the studios that made a lot of um the apps inside of the oculus app store uh and uh recently or yesterday we basically got uh news that uh, the oculus fitness uh data will will uh stream into uh the oculus app but also the apple health uh fitness app um so that users can start to track um, I've actually used Supernatural on Oculus. You know, big picture, uh, th look, these devices are going to shrink over time. That's just inevitable. And if you just hear Zuckerberg and some others speak, I mean, that's the goal, right, is to, to, to uh, take these devices much more, um, uh, get them slimmer, uh, more functionality, more powerful. Uh, but it takes some time to go along that journey. And, and again, I, I've used it for fitness and boxing, and, and it's actually pretty cool. It's like a pretty interesting experience. And and they're growing rapidly there. I mean, Oculus is 70% of Steam rankings in terms of uh, usage for VR headsets. So uh, there's a lot going on there, a lot of good stuff. We think fitness is a big category and commercial stuff is as well as a big category. Yeah, one of the things that we're going to be looking at is Project Cambria, right? And how yeah. that actually performs. Um, do, do you know any insight? Do you got any insight for us on, on Project Cambria? Yeah, so it's much more of a, what they call XR experience where it's VR and AR. Where you know, if you if you use the Oculus today, you're you're very much siloed inside of that experience. And uh, Project Cambria is really supposed to unlock the ability to be in the real world. So like, I can feel like I'm in the room, um, mostly from a color perspective. So on Oculus today, you can uh, you can see around you, but it's black and white, and it's kind of this weird, blurry uh, experience. Um, but on the on the uh, Cambria side, it's really gonna be able to render the like everything around you in full color. Um, so if you've seen some of the, the videos of, of Zuckerberg, he's like drawing on a wall, um, and, but he's actually seeing, he's like in the room with everyone experiencing the actual room. So I think that's an important um, separation from the VR world to the real world and combining those two and, and allowing that experience to take place. Um, it's going to be a higher end headset. So it's going to be, I mean, all the rumors are seven, eight, nine hundred dollars um, But again, it's another stepping stone, I think, from increasing and improving the experience of a VR, AR, XR. Yeah, and also uh, moving from Facebook to Meta, right? I mean, we kind of need some more products to really consider them kind of Meta, right? Yeah. So um, we'll definitely be watching. Thank you, Sean Emery, joining us here, the founder and CIO of Avery & Company. Appreciate you coming on and giving us some insight into the tech world too. Awesome, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank Thanks, you, Sean. All right, guys, let's go ahead. Let's keep on going here. We got some earnings. Can we talk crypto? Look at Dennis. He wants to talk crypto. I was getting into some earnings here, talking about Oh, you have the nice rally in Bitcoin man, yesterday. Nice, nice rally in Bitcoin yesterday. Let's take a look. And everybody in my entire Twitter feed was like, this is it. This was the bottom. This was the time. Bitcoin hundred thousand, Bitcoin two hundred thousand, Bitcoin <laughs> I, million. I don't know because there's a lot of these bigger Bitcoin people. They've been saying that crypto is in a winter, and so if you know what there's a crypto a, yeah, winter is, yeah, a couple is, of them. But there's still a lot of people that think Bitcoin's going a hell of a lot higher. I mean, it. What, why is it down today? I mean, it goes up yesterday, Joel. It holds for one day and gives trap, it all back man. here again. What's the reasoning here? That's that bull trap right there. No, it's a bull uh, trap, but it's got to be a headline or something because we go uh, up five, six percent yesterday. Now we dropped the whole thing back today. Uh, I'll take Do a look. I, I, I don't, I don't have exact. Make you guys on dig Bitcoin. a little bit. I'll, I'll dig a little bit here and see if we, if we find. King Zoro says there's an SEC investigation on Binance. Um, I have no idea because I don't. Yeah, follow there story is a, there is a Binance investigation. Um, here, let me let me pull up that. I did see that this morning. Here's um, uh, so here's my SEC overall thoughts. Probe. Okay, so here's Binance under SEC yep. probe over unregistered securities offering. Um, so they're looking into whether the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange issued unlicensed securities by the way of initial coin offering ICO in 2017. Hmm. 
So that's the reason maybe we're down here today. I mean, you got good support. You know, I felt like at the BITO, and that's the way I kind of look at it now because it's a nice, you know, the Bitcoin uh, strategy ETF. It's a nice way to look at it because it's trading like a stock. Um, it's an ETF. What's the um, symbol? BITO. It's B-I-T-O. got a lot, a lot of volume. You can kind of track it that way. We're at 1826 right back. So you got all support like 18 on this, which I don't know where that coincides with the futures, the Bitcoin futures. So I don't look at it, but. 26,000 or 28,000. Where are we now in Bitcoin futures, Joel? Uh, we're at 29,380. Yeah. We're under that 30. We need to get back up over that 30 before it starts to get exciting. And it's not good news. It doesn't hold yesterday. I'm just like, it's these Bitcoin. They're just shoving it down your throat. And not so much Bitcoin, but crypto in itself. It's just constant advertised at you. It's popping up on messages on my phone it's like they're just trying to you know throw it into you you got this i think it's binance commercial that's talking about the diversified crypto portfolio and i just look at this and think man what a almost sure way to lose money by diversifying across these crypto because i'm going to tell you in my opinion the majority of these cryptocurrencies are zeros now there's going to be bitcoin is not a zero i think there's some value in bitcoin I think there's even some value in Ethereum and there'll be a few other coins. But there's like a million of these dang things out there. Majority of these things, like 90% of them are going to zero. So if you decide I'm going to build a crypto diversified portfolio and you're going to put, you know, 100 different cryptocurrencies in there, I think there's a very high possibility you are going to get the crap kicked out of you. Because I I think even if Bitcoin goes to a million and you're diversified, all these crap coins are going to bring you down. So I think it's the worst thing you can do is actually diversify into cryptocurrencies because there's too many bad ones. It's not like the stock market where you've got actual companies that are making money with cash flows. People are peddling this, a lot of these crap coins. I'm calling them crap. I'm not naming any, but I'm calling them crap. There's Bitcoin and Ethereum. There's a couple other ones that maybe are okay. And then there's, you know, 100,000 garbage coins. So diversifying is about the worst thing you can do. If you're into crypto and you think Bitcoin's taking over the world, buy Bitcoin. Don't diversify. I would not diversify across these cryptocurrencies. So, um, because I think that is almost a sure way to lose money. It's just my opinion. But I think if you build a, a diversified crypto portfolio with 100 different cryptocurrencies in it, I think in like 90% of these are going to go down to basically nothing on you. And then you're going to be like, wow, Bitcoin went to, you know, 100,000 or 200,000. I'm still losing money. So I think if you're into crypto, buy the Bitcoin, buy the Ethereum maybe, or buy some you know other main one. But diversifying in crypto, I think, is not a good strategy. I, so I completely I would, disagree with that commercial. I, I'll, I'll say a little bit on both sides there. I think a lot of uh, cryptocurrency had to come with timing, right? And then, so if you're in the timing of the bubble, then of course, yeah, you're going to get caught. You can buy, you're going to get destroyed. But if you wait for the moments that crypto has had, where it's had the four-year waves, where it's actually gone into a crypto winter, I think that those are the moments when you should have been investing into these names and then diversifying could have helped you. Now, I do agree in certain times when you're in a bubble, it's just like in specs. You can't buy them all, right? You can't buy them all. Because- buy them all. Exactly. That would have destroyed you, but you could have gone picking. And I think this is when I think you need to try to stick to the top kind of coins, right? The top maybe five or the top three. Um, If there's diversification in between those, I think you have a great portfolio right now if you did the right timing. So I, I would say it's all about timing a lot of it with investing because if you invested in Bitcoin at 60,000, it's completely different than you invested in early 2020 and it was at 10,000 or 9,000. And so you'd still be up over 100%, right? And but so, this isn't a Bitcoin conversation. This is a diversified crypto portfolio conversation because mm-hmm. I have a little bit of Bitcoin just in case it does go a little small piece. It's 0.02%. But when did you go into it? When it was on its way up, right? Not on its way down. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so that's what I would say. It's your timing into it that it. But if you time your way into all it. these other cryptocurrencies and ha- and ninety percent of them are zeros, I mean, you could say the same thing with the internet bubble. You know, you could have mm-hmm. built a diversified portfolio um, in two thousand one of all these tech darlings, a la Kathy Wood type deal, and yet you got the Amazon. 
But the problem was you got 90 pets.coms with it with the two and your portfolio went to shit. So that's why I'm, I'm not so much. It's, this, is not, this isn't a trash of Bitcoin here. This is a trash of that commercial that is pounded by CNBC every single day that build a diversified cryptocurrency is kind of like the key to success. And I think it's the key to failure. So I'm completely, it's just my opinion. I have no crystal ball. I have no way. Maybe all of these coins are going to a million dollars. But I think there's a high probability that the majority of these cryptocurrencies are not going to a million dollars and they're going significantly lower. So if you diversify and the majority of them go down, you lose. I think diversification in crypto is a path to losing money. Just you know what thinks you know what I think's making money in uh, in crypto now? What what arbs? Yeah. Oh, they're killing 100%. it. Hundred percent. That's what yeah. it out. That's what's making yep. the money right here. Yep. Yeah. Their arbs are always making money, Joel, yeah. and everything. Uh, and that's it. I think they just. That's got what I this- do. You yeah. know, like not crypto. I don't do crypto. And I'm sure yeah. maybe I should get into crypto because I'm why, sure there's uh, big money in it. Yeah. So many people didn't want that uh, futures action in the Bitcoin. Yep. You're studying the relationships. I look at the open interest is very steady on the, on the CME. It ebbs and flows. And um, I think Arps. there's just some very, very sophisticated and, uh, you know, you know, ARPs and they're, and they're just arbing it out. And you know, when people get, oh, you know, 32 grand and they're just scalping out of it, maybe the different exchanges using the, you know, their futures positions and uh, maybe even doing them against other currencies too. I mean, and so if I was going to get into it, I mean, and that's, I mean, that, that's who's, that's who's going to make money in it. And, going forward it's the, pe- that's the people who are really making money in it joe the people who are creating these coins and then peddling them out yeah you know like people come out and they you know the doge coin was created out of a joke and that person probably got rich off of it you know and he wasn't even trying to you know so this is you know like the creative from nothing created from nothingness obviously a little bit of work you know so maybe some labor and that and then they peddle it out there and they try to sell it and people buy it Snickle. and they drive in and they believe they want to believe and, you know, and I think they get caught. I think it's a mistake. I really think diversification I, and crypto is a mistake. I've never said this before. That's why I'm really trying to pound it in. But I'm like, yeah, I yeah. see this freaking commercial every day to build your diversified crypto commercial that is being obviously peddled by CNBC. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the path to ruin. It's just I, my opinion. I think they're dead wrong. I think you have to be right on time. And um, when it comes to crypto, you can, there's you can such time thing as things all you winter. want. Mitch. I think it's nothing to do with timing. Like if you build, pick a hundred cryptocurrencies. Do you think there's a hundred that are going to a million? I, I wouldn't say a hundred. How many cryptocurrencies do you I think are going? There's so many. There's, I think there's so many. Guy in the chat there's like thirty and maybe twenty or, or ten of them, at least from the major ones, survive. Um, I do well, agree. So then, Some of them di- will the go to zero. Doesn't matter. Diversification just loses. Diversification Period. in a, a a large sense. I think if you diversify in the top names, okay, guys, I'm gonna let you guys you guys finish it up. We'll here battle and, it out. And, and, no, 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 I think no, we're on no, the same no, page. it's a good argument. And, I think we're um, on the same page. When I, I think when if I you diversify a little Ethereum, a little Bitcoin, maybe there's a Cardano or something. I don't know any of the other ones besides Ethereum and crypto. I know. So, Joe, what, what do you got today for us? Uh, I'm just going to say, hey, you know, we got our levels on the downside here. The parallels from last week, that's must hold. If we're going to do the trading range, we're going to hold 4071. If not, look out Loretta on the upside. See, Let's see if the bulls can get it back at uh, 4100. I'm going to hop. We didn't get to cover many tickers here. We had a lot of subjects to cover. Yeah. So I'm going to go over to pre-market prep plus and I'm going to cover all the tickers we missed. And uh, I'll check in with you guys later on. We'll see. That's at premarketprep.com. Definitely go check it we'll on out. Joel will cover some tickers. Mitch, I'll I'm definitely on board with you. I think earnings. maybe you just go after the big ones. You know, even Pomp, you know, yeah. who's the biggest Bitcoin pumper. Yeah. I think he would agree with me on this. He's mm-hmm. buy Bitcoin. He's 96. He doesn't have a diversified crypto portfolio. He got 96% of his net worth, he said, in Bitcoin. Jeremy yeah, Newsom. I, I, 78 I think or Ethereum's the one. For well, me, uh, Ethereum's the top one. I know Bitcoin is, is used, but... When you when you talk to people that are really deep into crypto, you hear about the gas fees that Bitcoin has, and that's even worse than Ethereum. So I think there's three that I like. 
I like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana. Why Solana? Because you keep seeing so many games come out from that. And the gaming side itself, I think, keeps the coin alive. And so I think you really need to know what you're getting into when you're getting into crypto. It's like buying IPOs. You get the wrong company and it could very easily go to zero. So I do agree with you there, Dennis. And I do agree diversification in a big basket in crypto is probably more leaning towards the failure side because a lot of these do have the potential to go to zero. I think some of these will survive. So you got to find the right mix. So I feel like you have an argument there, but I also feel like having no exposure to crypto is also not a beneficial factor because we've seen the returns that this has had in just, let's say, the last 10 years of Bitcoin. So who knows? It might be uh, kind of an outlook in the future that it's looked upon like the market where it's better to just get some exposure and keep adding to that exposure. But we'll see. No one really knows. All right, Dennis, we'll see you. And uh, sorry about the Oilers, man. Colorado, I know, I'm, man. I'm, I'm a little bit cranky because of that today. So it is what it is. <laughs> it was a decent season, but only one team can win. So Hey, only one team can win. Yeah, They'll be back next tough. year. They look like they battled. Looks like they need a little bit stronger bench. That's what they I need would say. They need a goalie, too. Need a goalie. <sighs> need, need a bottom six and need a goalie. That's All my right. Oiler talk. Everyone have a great day. Sorry have if you want to rise cryptocurrencies and I just bashed them. But, you know, I still have a little bit of Bitcoin. And I got my kids got a little bit of Ethereum. Those are the two I'm in. But I'm very small. Okay. Hey, we'll see what happens. Like always, guys, we're going to give you guys the transparent opinions, honest, on the number one morning show on out there. So do me the favor, guys. We got over 1,500 people here. Hit the like button if you guys appreciated today's topics and comments. We brought on a guest. We talked a lot. And we're going to get into some earnings. I'll get into it on live trading. If you guys want to go on over to live trading, that's up next with Ryan, Zunaid, and I. We'll go get into some of these earnings. We'll get into some of the ratings. We'll talk some Peloton. I hope that you guys enjoyed today's show. So show us that like with, of course, smashing that like button down below. And if you're not subscribed, what are you waiting for? Right here on Benzinga. And don't forget, guys, you guys can check out the pre-market prep site. All you got to do is go to Benzinga slash pre-market prep and you guys can find the video and also find some great morning information to get your trade ideas started right here with Benzinga. We'll see you next time right here, guys. Smash the like, give us some love, and we'll see you right here on pre-market prep. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.